It's the intersection of politics and economics, the difference. Welcome to it. I'm Dan O'Donnell alongside Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. And this week, Dave, stop me if you've heard this one. We're talking about the Fed probably raising interest rates again. Yeah. You know, think about it. We've, we have had this conversation for about a year and a half, and really it starts to go, you know, you think about where we started, and it was a year and a half ago when they said, we're going to continue to put money into the economy and keep rates at a ZERP, zero interest rate policy. And we all thought, and you and I discussed this, that that probably didn't need to happen. And so that certainly ignited the fire of inflation, and now they've been trying to put it out, and they still haven't done it. We're going to likely see a rate raise uh, next week by the Federal Reserve and more talk about some of the stuff that's embedded into the economy. Most importantly, wage inflation and rents continue to go up. And why does wage inflation go up? Because we need people to do the jobs. We still don't have enough yet. Yeah. We're still in a position, I think, where the economy is not quite as strong as maybe we're being led to believe that it is. We are still dealing with inflation. We are still dealing with a workforce that isn't quite matched up with the jobs that are available. It's a lot better than it was in 2021, 2022, as people were still giving government money and not going back to the workforce. But we're still sort of dealing with the ramifications as we come out of COVID, are we not? Yeah, there's no question. But you know, let's look at the GDP report. They're going to tell us that it's 2% or somewhere in that ballpark for the second quarter. So as we go into the second half, you'll remember there was some 99% certainty out of some economists that we were going to have a recession in the second half of the year. Well, you're going to have to have two back-to-back quarters of negative GDP. That's still my definition of a recession. And is that going to happen in, in quarters three and four? That's not the expectation that we're going to have back-to-back quarters of negative GDP in Q3 and Q4. And in fact, we're looking at sectors, 15 of the 18 sectors we were looking at had expansion last quarter. So they're trying to slow this thing down. They're probably going to have to do it a couple more times until they probably break something. But will they break it in front of a presidential election? Is it a possibility that we get a soft landing and a slowdown in inflation and not a recession? It is possible. How likely, though? Well, right now, it's a, it's about a 50% chance. I mean, you'll remember when, when I said to you that you know there was some 99% accuracy by some economists that we were going to have a recession. I said, anytime you see 99%, take the other side of that bet. And I said it publicly. I said it in a presentation with you know hundreds and hundreds of people in it, and the room chuckled. But guess what? We are not having a recession quite yet. And, and so does it kick into early 2024 before a presidential election? Hard to say. You know, are they going to break something or do they raise it maybe once in July and maybe one more the rest of the year and just leave it and let inflation run itself out? I think that's the more likely opportunity. Now, I want you to consider this article from Bloomberg. Americans are cutting back on personal hygiene products and a troubling sign for the U.S. economy and consumer-focused companies. Mm -hmm. Despite surging inflation, shoppers kept spending thanks to income gains and government stimulus. But those benefits are waning, and now Americans are skimping even on everyday items such as toilet paper and toothpaste. And men's underwear. That's that's another indicator. Men's underwear sales are down. Yeah, that's kind of gross. But that, really? That, yeah, that's true. Yeah, men's underwear are, sales. Are more dudes going commando or, or what's I, up? I don't want It's too much detail. I don't or want are they just, Or are they just, <laughs> and this is the, the far more likely scenario, of course, what they're doing is they're just 
you know, at a at a micro level, the same thing that was going on with car sales and home sales. They're just holding on to their underwear, mm -hmm. even if it's filled with holes and their wife is begging them, you need to buy new underwear. They're just making that decision. Nah, you know what? I don't think I need to spend what is it? pack of underwear go for oh, now no. 15 20 yeah, bucks right. or whatever it is but how about no no to... toilet paper and toothpaste come on man the toilet paper is a little odd i don't know if people are going european and getting bidets <laughs> but i really square. you talk yeah you talk about something that is absolutely essential for every human being it is toilet paper so that one's a little nerve-wracking could you imagine uh, elaine what is what what <laughs> In spare, I don't have square. a square to spare. Exactly. I can't spare a square. Yeah, apparently most Americans can't either. But I want to drill down on this idea about inflation hitting in an election year, because what I've noticed from the world of politics right now is that there appears to be a concerted effort at pumping up Gavin Newsom, the mm -hmm. governor of California, as potentially the Democratic Party's standard bearer. Mm -hmm. Remember, President Biden is north of 80 years old. He is clearly, and I don't think this is a politically controversial statement, he has clearly lost a step from where he was even three, four years ago. I think his recent visit with King Charles at, was at Windsor Castle, where he basically appeared to be leaning on Charles as he's sort of doing the, the shuffle that anyone who's dealt with elderly relatives understands. It just becomes far more difficult to get around. I think the odds right now are probably 50-50, that Joe Biden does not run for a second term. Mm -hmm. And I think what's very interesting is that there aren't very powerful donors, media figures, and others on the political left lining up behind the person who is presumed to be Biden's heir in Kamala Harris, but rather Newsom, who does admittedly look like a, a presidential figure, yeah, also a 1980s movie villain, but certainly a presidential figure. He's tall. I mean, there he you is go. tall. He's yeah. got the slick back hair. He's a good looking fella. What do you make of all this? And would that have any real impact? I mean, we haven't seen a president not run for another term since what, Lyndon Johnson? I will tell you right now if they, the Republicans, want to probably run against Gavin Newsom, I would assume because of what's happening in California. I think there's a lot of fodder that they can go after. But the power of the incumbency, I've heard you say, is pretty, very powerful. Very powerful. Huge. So, so if he doesn't run, that's probably good news for the Republicans. But we'll have to see. I mean, right now, again, when all the betting odds are saying that something's going to happen to some certainty, it probably isn't. Uh, but, you know, what happens if he comes in and he wants to change tax policy, economic policy, and, he, and let's assume that he wins in this, in this argument? That would have a dramatic effect on, on how companies and people sit around a boardroom and what they're going to do, how they're going to allocate capital. You know, states, uh, you know, are all going to be different. So this is part of the conversation for sure. Does this happen? We'll have to see. I mean, will it be Biden and Trump? Probably not, in my opinion. But we're going to have to watch and see who really steps forward on both sides of the aisle. Well, there is also now the concerted effort, I think, by the same 
people in the media who almost overwhelmingly lean left, as well as Democrat strategists, and everybody is trying to tank the Ron DeSantis campaign. He's, of course, the governor of Florida who's running for president as a Republican. And in fact, uh, there was just a strategist on, uh, I believe it was Fox News over the weekend, who said, yeah, my, my vote would be for Trump because we think he's easier to beat. Meanwhile, you've got an MSNBC host openly saying, I don't want to run against Ron DeSantis because he's a leaner, meaner Trump. Mm -hmm. What do you think the likelihood is? And you say always if if, you know, the consensus is is forming one way. It's not a bad idea to bet the other. I mean, the conventional wisdom is that Donald Trump is going to run away with the Republican nomination. I'm not entirely convinced of that. Well, and the question is going to become, even if he can win the Republican nomination, can he win the big election? And the people that I talk to say that might happen. He might be able to win the Republican nomination, but lose the general election just because of the soft middle. And so, you know, if, if you want to win, who, who do you put forward? So uh, we're going to watch it closely because there's no question that there's going to be an impact on the economy, on tax policy, on investment policy, on allocation of capital. We're going to watch it closely because it has a dramatic effect on how we uh, put portfolios together, frankly. Right. Right. What do you think the likelihood is of Newsom versus DeSantis? Because I think well, the press did. You tell me what the press is going to do, Dan. Right? Because if they put those two forward and that's what they want to do, because it's better fodder, I think the likelihood is that it goes up so substantially. If yeah. do do they want Biden Trump? You know, a rerun, run it back again, or do they want two fresh targets, two governors of two great of two big states? That that could be interesting fodder for them. No, I think I think there is a concerted effort to ensure that Trump is the nominee so that he's convicted of a crime during the general election. I mean, <laughs> no, uh, honestly, right. that and that's right. sort of the thing that's sort of hanging over all of this. Trump faces state charges out of New York, federal charges uh, out of Florida, and he is likely to face additional state charges out of Georgia. I mean, this is sort of unprecedented stuff, and regardless what you think of that, that obviously is going to impact undecided voters who almost by definition haven't really been following this stuff as closely, but will say, hey, why would I vote for a guy who is charged with or convicted of crimes? This, I think, is the issue that a lot of Republicans face, but when you have unknown commodities running, and I would say DeSantis is... A pretty standard issue Republican. He's probably to the right of Trump on fiscal policy, on spending, on social issues, but he's a pretty mainstream Republican. Newsom, as liberal as he is, and as frankly, from my view, horribly he's managed California. Did you see the cash? A, did you see the cashless bail thing the other day? Yes. I, with 50, yes. Even fifty cents. Said, even fifty cent yeah. knows that this is a bad idea. Every state, every city that has gone with no bail has regretted it. Would markets be freaked out by someone like Newsom, who has the potential to be far more left-wing in governance, maybe than Biden? Or conversely, would it be would markets react more favorably to the possibility of DeSantis, who isn't as big spending a Republican as Trump? Well, I will tell you, in in sixteen, when the market was rallying into uh, the election when Trump was running, 
uh, we all looked at it very cross-eyed and said, what is happening right here? Because, as you remember, Hillary had a 90-plus percent chance of winning that election up until almost Election Day. But the market was rallying, and our strategists that we were talking to said that's because it looks like the Republican is going to win that nomination. I mean, not nomination, the, the big chair. That's what we watch. So I think the market will be a pretty good harbinger to tell us what how that election is going to go. But, let I, you know, it's going to be fun. I mean, for, for you to yeah. talk about politics oh, yeah. over the next, you know, 16 months is going to be awesome. Yeah, honestly, I can't wait because it is going to be an incredible 15, 16 months. And there is, however, going to be a lot of uncertainty. And when it comes to your personal finances, presidential elections have a big impact on tax policy, on the future of the country, that sort of thing. When there's this much uncertainty surrounding them, you really need to make sure that you're working with someone who's working with and for you as a fee-only fiduciary. And that's why you need to head to AnnexWealth.com. Get that wealth metric. It's a review of your portfolio. Know what you own and why you own it. And it is always a good idea uh, Dave, to to know what's going on in the world around you. I mean, we have a tendency, and I've noticed this too, and even, even I, who am about as plugged in as any person can, in summer, and we're recording this on July 11th, uh, Tuesday, July 11th. It's real easy. We are right now in the dog days of some, well, technically, mm-hmm. I guess that's sort of August. Uh, and while we don't have the tradition that Europe does of holiday, where everyone just sort of takes a month off, we do tend to tune out not just to political news not just to, but to sort of everything and that's that's kind of a mistake isn't it well it really is and this is the time really to go through your portfolio and say how is it going to look for the second half of the year the first half especially the nasdaq you know we were up 30 percent that, that's shocking if you weren't in those big seven names you probably didn't participate so what happens in the second half ai is coming for sure there was a survey of fortune 500 companies and nearly all of them said they will implement some sort of ai into their operations and so that's what we're going to have to look at what does technology look like on the second half of the year if there is a slowdown, you know, do you buy staples and utilities or do we stick with financials and technology? Those are the things that we're going to look at. But as you just said, we don't have the holidays like they do in Europe, but we do have the 4th of July. That just happened. And let me just tell you what a country we live in. And even though we're all complaining about politics right now, 247th birthday of this country. Absolutely. It is. We are all blessed to live in the freest, greatest country on earth. For Dave Spano, he is the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. I'm Dan O'Donnell saying thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast. 